Pastor Xavier Reese with the simple truths of God's timetable in progress. Wait on the Lord. Be of good courage and He shall strengthen your heart. Wait, I say, on the Lord. You know what much of our problem is today? We don't wait on the Lord. We need to wait on the Lord and hear His voice. What is the Spirit of God telling you for your life? He's not up there biting his nails. He's right on time. Always on time. Welcome to Simple Truths, the daily half-hour study of God's Word with Xavier Reese, Senior Pastor of Calvary Chapel of Pasadena, California. Those who wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. It's been noted the exhortation to wait on the Lord is not a passive sitting around until the Lord does something. Yes, God gives us strength, but we can't expect it to come as we sit idly. He brings it to us as we seek and rely upon Him instead of our own strength. And continuing our verse-by-verse series of the Psalms, Pastor Xavier alerts us to this simple truth from across the centuries of David telling us to be confident that there is strength in the Lord for those who seek Him and trust Him. Let's listen. In Psalm 27, we have another Psalm of David. It's a Psalm of worship. Some believe there were two authors because the contrast from verse 1 to 6 and verse 7 through 14 is so sharp. Uh, Whether it was or not, we don't know. It's a psalm of trust and confidence in God. In the first three verses, he expresses his confidence in God. In verses 4 through 6, his delight in God. Verses 7 through 14, we have his prayer. In verse 1, he says, The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? You remember when Abraham came back from the battle of recovering Lot and the rest of the people who were taken captive, he started thinking about all the people who banded together and he said, well, maybe they're going to come against me. And the Lord says, Abraham, I am your shield, your exceeding great reward. (laughs) I'm your protector. What are you fearing for? And how often do we read from the Old Testament to the New Testament, it says, stop being afraid. (laughs) Why did God say that to man? Because they were afraid. And anytime you have fear, faith walks right outside the door. Fear and faith cannot stay in the same room. Whenever you're afraid, then your faith goes right out. You don't trust God because then you start looking around and say, well, what am I going to do? And you start plotting to how to handle it yourself. But if you have the fear of the Lord, faith comes alongside. So there's this distinction between fear of the situation and fear of the Lord. Those who fear the Lord are wise, the Bible tells us. That's the beginning of wisdom, the beginning of understanding. Because the fear of the Lord is I trust Him, I depend upon Him. So we're to walk in obedience, so whatever comes into my life, I don't have to freak out. I say, Lord, I don't know what's happening, but I know I'm walking with you. Give me wisdom. Give me that peace. And so I find the only time I try to take things into my hand is when I'm walking in disobedience. I try to patch it up. And it just doesn't work. His desire, one thing have I desired of the Lord, that, listen, I will seek Notice it doesn't just happen. There's personal responsibility here. That I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life to behold the beauty of the Lord and to inquire in His temple. This is His desire. To be before God, to be in His fellowship, to be one with God, to have His presence and His glory. This is His desire. There is such a benefit in fellowship. 
Anytime you as a Christian forsake the gathering of the saints as the manner of some is, which is to provoke one another to love and good works, you're going to get yourself in trouble. And so his desire is to be in that fellowship with God and the people of God. For in the time of trouble, he shall hide me in his pavilion, in the secret place of his tabernacle. He shall set me high upon a rock. Now God is often through the scripture spoken about as a rock. Something firm, something solid. Something I can, I, can, I can base my life on. It's important that you make Jesus Christ the most important element of your entire life. Let nothing keep you from Him. That's the rock that you have to build your life on. Not your wife, not your husband, not your children, not your job, not your pastor, but Jesus Christ. That's what you have to build on. And if you build on anything else, you're going to wipe out, man. And so David proclaims the security of that rock. And now my head shall be lifted up above my enemies all around me. Therefore, I will offer sacrifice of joy in his tabernacle. I will sing, yes, I will sing praises to the Lord. A joy. Hear, O Lord. He hears his prayer. When I cry with my voice, have mercy also upon me and answer me. When you said, seek my face, my heart said to you, your face, Lord, I will seek do not hide your face from me. Do not turn your servant away in anger. You have been my help. Do not leave me nor forsake me, O God of my salvation. And so here we see the, the expression of, of relationship. He's seeking God. And yet sometimes God may not answer us. And we may think that He's, he's hidden from us. But really, God's denials are, are, not, uh, are not forever. But He knows the timing. His denials are, are not forever. But they just have to be put off sometimes. And then there are some times when God says no and he means no and that's all there is to it. <laughs> David wanted to build a house for the Lord, but God said, David, you can't build a house. You're a man of war, you're a man of blood, but I'll tell you what, your son can build me a house and I'll let you store up all the goods. And David said, oh, thank God. All right, I'll go for it, Lord. I mean, you know, we have to just be flexible. Lord, what do you have? And let me just flow with you. When my father and my mother forsake me, then the Lord will take care of me. Do you know that everybody can forsake you and God will never forsake you? You know, I will fail you, but God will never fail you. We need to understand that. There are some times and things that are going to happen in your life, in my life, that I will never be able to share with anybody else. I'm going to have to go to the Lord and the Lord is the only one who's going to be able to minister to me. There are going to be times in your life when it's going to be you and the Lord and no one else. And if you're always used to going to man, what are you going to do when you get in that situation? You'll be crushed. You need to develop that relationship with you and the Lord. I mean, let's face it. Some men put more time into training their dogs than they do training their ear regarding God. And let's face it. Some of our dogs are more obedient to the voice of their masters than we are to ours. You know, the Lord says, do this. You say, oh, how come? But take a lesson from the dog. You spend time with me. Train him. And all of a sudden you're out walking one day in your neighborhood and a dog sees a cat and he takes off after him. And you see a, a truck coming down the road and the dog can't see it and you know the truck's going to hit him because he doesn't see it. But you've trained that dog. And the minute you give him a command, he'll stop right there. And you give him the command, he stops. The truck goes <laughs> by. Even the dog will be grateful. Now that's a picture of you and me. God wants you and me to tune our ear. So when he says stop, and I say, well, how come? I'm, I'm, you know, the dog can say, well, I ain't going to stop. I don't see nothing going on. 
He's dead. But you and I, we think we know better. And God says, stop. And we look around and say, oh, come, Lord. What's your trip? Don't be scared. I'm, I'm going okay. He sees so much further than us. He wants us to obey. He sees that big truck coming. And you're just walking down the street. Say, oh, it's okay. It's under control. <laughs> and sometimes that truck doesn't hit us only because angels snatch us out of there. It's not because we obey. It's just God's grace. I look at some times in my life as the Lord, before the Lord and after the Lord, and it's only grace. He knows better. We need to tune our ear to the Lord. The high priest would, would sacrifice and get blood and put it on his right thumb to do the service of God. He would put it on his right ear to consecrate his ear to hear God. He would put it on his right big toe to walk in the ways of God. That's what we need to do. Walk in the ways of God, do the work of God, and hear the voice of God. That's what he wants of our life today. And we need it in the church of Jesus Christ today. So much. And so in verse 11 it says, Teach me your way, O Lord, and lead me in a smooth path because of my enemies. Do not deliver me to the will of my adversaries, for false witnesses have risen against me, and such as breathe out violence. I mean, he's under attack. He's in trouble. I would have lost heart unless I had believed that I would see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living Let's be honest. Some of the situations we have been in life and some of the situations perhaps we are in right now, if it weren't for our belief in God, wouldn't we be just wiped out completely? I mean, we would just give up. But see, we always have that hope and that hope always speaks to the future that God's going to bring us through. You're going to go through the fire, but you won't get burned. You're going to go through the waters, but you're not going to drown. You're going to yell and kick and everything else. You're going to say, oh God, but, you know, we can pressure people. We can try to, you know, move on people's emotions. But I don't care how much you scream, how much you kick. God knows just when to pull you out. <laughs> He's not up there biting his nails. Saying to the angel, well, you think I should pull him out now? You know, no. He just goes on doing his work and all of a sudden before you know it, he says, oh, okay. And he does it. He's right on time. Always on time. Wait on the Lord. Be of good courage and he shall strengthen your heart. Wait, I say, on the Lord. Underline that. Put that in your heart. You know what much of our problem is today? We don't wait on the Lord. We don't wait on the Lord. And then we try to find fault in him. We need to wait on the Lord and hear his voice. What is the Spirit of God telling you for your life? Too many of us are looking to man. You know, we will drive 30 miles if a certain man will counsel us. We'll drive 50 miles just to hear a man. We'll give a man an hour, two hours of our valuable time to ask him questions. And yet we won't spend 15 minutes waiting on the Lord. Not asking, not talking, just sitting and waiting on the Lord. And I tell you, you can get more from the Lord in one minute than you can get out of a hundred hours out of a man. <laughs> in that same program of the Civil War, when Lincoln came and he was going to give his Gettysburg Address, the primary speaker was a minister and an orator. He spoke for almost two hours to commemorate that graveyard of all the men who had 
given their lives. The photographer was ready to shoot some pictures as the President of the United States, Abraham Lincoln, was going to come and give his speech. And he figured that he would go on quite a while. He spoke just a little bit over two minutes, I think 296 words, something like that. The guy didn't even get a chance to get a picture. When Lincoln came back to his friend, he, he felt like he had failed. And yet as we hear that Gettysburg Address today, everybody has heard it or known it. Nobody remembers a man that spoke for two hours. The man who spoke for nearly two hours wrote to President Lincoln and told him, what I attempted to do in two hours, you did in only two minutes. And it would be sheer folly to elevate myself to your level. Two minutes with God can do more for you than two hours with man. That's what the scriptures tell us. But we are so impressed with man that we sacrifice the voice of God. But it takes training, discipline, commitment, integrity. Those are words that are lost in our society today, even in the church. And so we need to get back to basics. Wait, I say on the Lord. Psalm 28, Psalm of David. Here David praises God for God answering prayer. Verses 1 through 5, you have his prayer for help. Verses 6 through 9, his praise for the answer of prayer. Uh, it's really the reverse of Psalm 27. In Psalm 27, you had praise and then prayer. But here you have prayer and now praise. Uh, this psalm is used today in the first day of the Feast of Pentecost. And so in verse 1 he says, To you I will cry, O Lord, my rock. Do not be silent to me, lest if you are silent to me, I become like those who go down to the pit. Notice the astonishment, the fear of the psalmist if God would be silent. That implies that he is used to hearing the voice of God. Does that surprise you? <laughs> It was his custom to hear God's voice. And he says, I don't want to miss hearing your voice, Lord. Don't be silent. Hear the voice of my supplication when I cry to you, when I lift up my hands towards your holy sanctuary. Do not take me away with the wicked and with the workers of iniquity who speak peace to their neighbors, but evil in their hearts. Double-hearted. People who say one thing, but they do another. Give to them according to their deeds and according to the wickedness of their endeavors. Give to them according to the work of their hands. Render to them what they deserve. This is the principle of sowing and reaping. Because they do not regard the works of the Lord nor the operation of His hands, He shall destroy them and not build them up. Now He says, Blessed be the Lord because He has heard the voice of my supplication. And so apparently God answered Him right then and there. Now you and I go to the Lord at times and we seek Him and you know when God speaks to your heart. And what a, when you're seeking the Lord for wisdom and He gives it to you, He gives you some scripture, oh man, you just, oh Lord, you just get up and you're confident. You say, Lord, you're so good. And you're just excited. And this is what the psalmist is experiencing here. Blessed be the Lord because He has heard the voice of my supplication. The Lord is my strength and my shield. My heart trusted in Him and I am helped. 
Therefore my heart greatly rejoices, and with my song I will praise Him. You ever find yourself going down the road just singing to the Lord? Do you know that Christianity is the only, if we want to call it a religion, that has singing? Joyous singing? Religions usually have a real solemn, sad sing. Real depressed. I remember I was brought up a Catholic and, you know, so the quieter I was, the more spiritual I thought I was. And I, I remember walking to some Protestant churches and I'd look at the walls and say, man, this church is dead, man. There's no saints, no nothing. And, and then I'd hear some of their worship and that. And I go, man, those guys are crazy. Because I felt that if you were spiritual, you were to be, you know, real quiet and real solemn. And, and yet, we're the only ones that have something to sing about. We have eternal life. We have the message of eternal life. We have the Savior of the world, Jesus Christ. I mean, tell me about a, a song of joy, a song of gladness. I mean, it's exciting. And so the song in his heart, the Lord is their strength and he is the saving refuge of his anointed. Save your people and bless your inheritance. Shepherd them also and bear them up forever. And so many times the picture and the metaphor of the Lord is that of a shepherd. A shepherd cares for the flock, feeds the flock, protects the flock, lays down his life. Jesus said, I am the good shepherd. I am the chief shepherd. I lay down my life. He says, be careful of those shepherds who are hirelings, who are shepherds who serve and feed themselves. Ezekiel, Isaiah, Jeremiah, they tell us of those men. You know, I'm amazed at some men who will not go speak somewhere if their price is not met. <laughs> Interesting. Hirelings. You know, if you don't meet their price, then they just can't come. But it's okay. The servants of God go where the doors are open and they share the Word of God. That's what's important. And so, the psalmist Rejoicing at the answer of prayer. Now in Psalm 29, another psalm of David. Uh, it's a psalm of praise to the majesty of God. We get the picture of a storm here. And the implication is God is in the storm. God is in control. And God's judgment many times is portrayed through the medium of nature. In the Exodus, in Egypt, uh, as the Israelites came into the promised land, we see such an event during the time of great tribulation. God will intervene again in that way. And so in verses uh, 1 and 2, we have the praise of God. In verses 3 through 9, the power of God. In verses 10 through 11, the preeminence of God. He says, Give unto the Lord, O you mighty ones, give unto the Lord glory and strength. God will not share His glory with any man. You know, sometimes I don't watch Christian TV. You'll have to excuse me, but I don't watch it. Um, but once in a while, I, I get tempted to flick the channel. And, and um, I get so outraged. Uh, some of these men, they, they rob so much glory from God. As if they are God's anointed and God's gift. And, and, and they're, they're nothing but hucksters ripping off the people of God. And you know, I mean, the TV wouldn't cost it so much, I put my foot through it. But, um, 
Um, so I don't watch it. I mean, I, that's my weakness. I just don't watch those guys. But uh, once in a while, I get home late on Sunday night, and I'll just try to unwind and, uh, flesh. God won't share his glory with any man. No man. He says, give unto the Lord the glory due to his name. Worship the Lord in the beauty of holiness. I mean, you stop and think the name of the Lord, what it implies. There are many names. The Lord Al Shaddai, the Lord Almighty. Nothing's impossible for Him. The Lord Tzitkinu, the Lord our righteousness. The Lord Rapha, the Lord who heals. I mean, there are so many names of God. The covenant name of Yahweh. I am that I am, the becoming one. I will be to you whatever you allow me to be. And when you stop and you examine the names of God and what His name implies, His character, His nature, His holiness, you just have to give glory and honor to Him and bow down before Him. And just say, Lord, like the elders there in the book of Revelation, as they're in the throne of God, they just take their crowns, cast it at His feet, and they bow down and say, Lord, it's all yours in the first place. That you be glory and honor and praise. And if we're not careful, so many times men will try to rob the glory from God. And they will try to take the glory. Oh, yes, my church is big. Been all, I've written a book, How to Make Your Church Grow. Oh, I can't believe it. The Bible tells me that it's God who asks the church daily such as should be saved. I mean, we put all our little common denominators as the building, it's the arrangement, it's where, how far it is from the freeway and, and our nursery and our bathrooms and our parking lot and our, all this. And, and the whole thing is, it's all grace. <laughs> It's all grace. So if God is doing any work here, don't come to me. I'm just as dumbfounded as you. It's all grace. It's just God's grace. And that's just the way I like it. And He will want to glorify Himself through your life. And He'll use you if you will make yourself available. No different. Verse 3 says, The voice of the Lord is over the waters. The God of glory thunders. The Lord is over many waters. The voice of the Lord is powerful. The voice of the Lord is full of majesty. The voice of the Lord breaks the cedars. Yes, the Lord splinters the cedars of Lebanon. Powerful. He makes them also skip like a calf. Interesting metaphor. This is poetry in its, in its most purest form. I mean, here God is in control. He's in the storm. And, you know, these huge cedars, and, and yet He just, you know, like little, like they're toothpicks. I mean, there's nothing impossible, nothing difficult for God. He's in control. He makes them also skip like a calf, Lebanon and Syrian, like a young wild ox. The voice of the Lord divides the flames of fire. The voice of the Lord shakes the wilderness of Lord shakes the wilderness of Kadesh. The voice of the Lord makes the deer give birth. The strips and strips the forest bare. And in his temple everyone says glory. <laughs> you know the angels must blow their mind as they just sit up there and they look and all that God does. The Lord sat enthroned at the flood, and the Lord sits as king forever. God used the flood to destroy and to judge the world. It was no big deal. He opened the windows of heaven, He broke up the fountains of the deep, and He flooded the whole world for 40 days and 40 nights, and He destroyed all. He's in control. He's the creator. He's the sustainer. He's the sovereign Lord. He does as He wills, and nobody can say to Him, Hey, what are you doing? Certainly not puny man. 
The Lord will give strength to his people. The Lord will bless his people with peace. And so God is in control. He uses nature. He uses what he will to bring about his purposes. Pastor Xavier Reese, offering reason from the Psalm of David to give God our glory, honor, and praise. Today on Simple Truths. Now, you can request a copy of this verse-by-verse study simply titled Psalms, chapters 26 through 32, on CD for just $4. And by the way, this CD will also contain everything Pastor Xavier shared with us the last time we were together, as well as some material we just didn't have time to include. Now, the title you'll be asking for once again is Psalms, chapters 26 through 32. Or simply mention today's date when you write Simple Truths. 2200 East Colorado Boulevard, Pasadena, California, 91107. Again, that's Simple Truths, 2200 East Colorado Boulevard, Pasadena, California, 91107. And it's helpful when you mention the call letters of this station when you contact us. And then join us for more Simple Truths from the Book of Psalms right here next time with Pastor Xavier Reese. Simple Truths with Pastor Xavier Reese, a daily half-hour broadcast, is a radio ministry of Calvary Chapel of Pasadena, California. www.calvarychapelpasadena.com